Are we going to pivot to Friday? Yeah, let's get down let's on do Friday. It. Friday, Friday. Got to pick some locks on Friday. Kai? Wow. wow. Look you're, at the improv skills out of you. I don't think I'm hosting this, section, this morning, buddy. No, Thank it's you. me. It's me. I was hoping you'd pick up for me in that, uh, that little course there. We're talking. No. no. Okay, fine. All right. Lead us off. We're going to Ohio State, Loyola. The Blurs looking to repeat on last year's tournament magic gem. Um, big injury question marks for Ohio State. I think of all the first round matchups, this is the one where the um, where injuries loom the largest. And if you're not looking closely at how much they mean for Ohio State, you're doing yourself a disservice. I like the Blurs. Jim, your thoughts? Uh, Loyola, pick them, lock, boom, best bet of the best bet of the Friday slate. I will have a total later because, of course, and I'm, I'm Jimmy Undertaker, but. Uh, this is my favorite side of Friday. I hate that it's the first tip of the game. Highly leveraged right away in the morning. Kyle will be having a Bloody Mary at Beer Park. Damn right. This one goes well for us. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I just think the, is, the issues that Ohio State has had, both injury-wise and just performance-wise, like down the stretch, they lost to mm-hmm. Maryland, Nebraska, and Penn State all outside the top 80 of Ken Palm. Like, come on. Yep. Those are major problems. <laughs> Zed Key's got the ankle. Kyle Young dealing with a concussion that doesn't seem to be getting better. Not super optimistic that either of them will play at full strength. I trust the Ramblers who have a ton of tournament experience. Uh, yeah, pick them for, for Loyola, I think, is, is a bargain. Loyola, Loyola, Loyola. Kyle Young is so important to Ohio State. I cannot stress enough how important he is. Chris Holton said the same thing after the Illinois game in the press conference. He matters. Zach Key matters. Uh, and Loyola is so experienced. A lot of these guys played on the team last year when they beat Illinois. Lucas Williamson... Uh, draws Malachi Branham in one of the best defensive versus offensive matchups we're going to see in the first round. I think Williamson has the edge. He's the savvy senior. Branham's on the, on the stage for the first time as a freshman. I think Loyola has a great game plan for EJ Liddell. It's Loyola for me, Matthew. Are you guys both taking this? I just want to clarify, mine's only a lean because I cannot bet against my guy EJ Liddell. I just can't. I know he lost last year first round, but can't do it. <laughs> uh, next game up, another early tip. Oh, so lovingly this is in chronological order thank you jim i don't have to yes. repeat that <laughs> no, auburn don't. don't have to do it auburn jacksonville state this line is pretty big open 17 got bet down to 15 and a half 16 at some places kai the gamecocks have talent we know ray harper is a talent magnet they don't deserve to be here but i think that angle is almost working in their favor i, I like betting on teams that have the no one wants them in the field, so bet against them. I just think back to like the Bryce Alford UCLA 11 seed team and other relevant precedents, or maybe not relevant, depending on how you think about that. Um, I like Auburn, though. I think Auburn smashes. Am I out of my mind here? Uh, I, I'm not with that. Go ahead, Kai. I think Jacksonville State hangs around, Matt. Here's why. Okay. They can shoot the crap out of the ball, number one. They get a very good shooting team. They don't play very fast. They have a guy in Brandon Huffman who's not great, but – He's big. He can stand up to a guy like Kessler inside at least and make it a little challenging. And the best matchup angle, which I know Jim agrees with, Jacksonville State packs it in to the paint. Oh, you little they, weasel. They let, I just wrote this yesterday on the plane, actually. <laughs> so They let teams shoot. They make teams shoot from the outside. They dare you to be a jump-shooting team. And guess what Wendell Green and KD Johnson love to do? They love to jack it up yeah. and you give them space. So Auburn's going to take a ton of bad shots, and Jacksonville State can shoot. That's a recipe, I think, for a dog to hang around here. Auburn's going to advance, but Jacksonville State plus 15 and a half, plus 15. I will be taking that on Friday. Yep, I, I locked in a plus 16 and a half, Kai. I love, <laughs> I love the Gamecocks here. I also love first, two, 15, 
Jacksonville oh, nice. official endorsement here. I think they can hit some shots early. And I, like Kai said, I think Auburn will be tempted into jacking up some bad ones, which increases quite a bit or sets up a lot of variance for early in the game there. Uh, love that for first to 15. Gamecocks, come on, get it done for us. It's going to be an, a, an early, exciting brunch celebration, Kai. Yeah, early tip, too. I think that adds to the high-variance benefit for Jack State. All right, you guys convince me. I'm with the Gamecocks. Um, I just like Auburn's getting disrespected because they played a couple of bad games and their guards took bad shots. I think we need to remember how awesome this team was once upon a time. But in this context, I'll ride with you guys on Jack State. Next up, Texas Tech, Montana State. Jim, I've talked about this a little bit this week. I like the dog here, the Bobcats, Danny Sprinkle, and the boys from Bozeman. Not a great matchup if you look at it from the Montana State angle, but you could also argue that, um, you know, basically hold up the mirror and make the same argument back the other direction. What's your, uh, what's your prognosis on this one? Yeah, this is one that I think you guys kind of talked me into or, or, or got me on the right path. Uh, I just think Montana State is really good and well-coached. And it's tough to blow them out. Uh, They're too physical. They're not like a team that's going to run around and give you a bunch of possessions to knock them out of the park. And Texas Tech isn't really a uh, run-up-and-down team either. And Texas Tech was much better against the spread at home. Uh, This is not in front of their uh, excitable crowd down in Lubbock. Montana State, the physicality, I think, can at least match up a little bit with Texas Tech. And Kai, you mentioned it on our show too. Uh, Texas Tech does foul. Quite a bit. Yep. Uh, they could, Montana State could rack up some points at the free throw line here. Yeah, definitely. And I, I like your points, Jim. Montana State, I think this is all you need. They're well coached. They're hard to blow out. Those two factors alone, 15 point spread in the first round game of the tournament, I think are huge. And that they have talent. They're big. They're, they, they have size. Jabir Bello is legit. Adamu. Um, uh, all, uh, they have a ton of guys that are big, big wings that can combat Texas Tech, at least a little bit, at least hang around. So I'm going to take Montana State plus 15. That's where I'm at. Plus 15, Montana State, the British Bobcats. They got three starters from our, uh, our, our, our motherland across the pond. So if you have English descent in you or you just want to you know, raise a glass and, and drink with our allies across the pond, this is the bet for you. It's all out there. Next matchup, we're going to Purdue Yale. This is one of a couple where the dog, in my opinion, Kai, just kind of got, I don't know, hose or just slotted against a really tough spot. And I think it's going to be over in a hurry. Um, we saw Azar Swain go super nuclear in that Ivy championship game, but against Purdue, I don't know how you stop Zach Eady and Trayvon Williams. They just don't have the bigs to do it. Well, Yale didn't get hose. Yale got overseeded. This was supposed to be Princeton. The committee just went like this when the IV tournament was happening. Yeah. Saturday, Sunday games meant nothing to them. A couple of brackets yeah. just have noted it over and over. Like the results yeah. were ignored. It, it didn't matter. Yale should be on the 15 line. So if you look at it from that lens, okay, Yale's overseeded. Some people think Purdue's underseeded. I disagree. They should be a three, but Jim, the size difference here, it's so massive that it's just hard to ignore. I love Jones as a coach for Yale. Heck, I like Yale in NCAA tournaments. They have a history of being pretty damn good in the first round. But this team is not nearly as good as those teams. Azar Swain is going to have a matchup issue. Um, Purdue minus 15 and a half will be on my my ticket. Yep, this is kind of like the Kentucky-St. Peter's one. And they're funny, they're right by each other in the bracket. But I, I just think the favorite owns them. Uh, I thought this with Purdue against Little Rock back in whenever they played. So did I. And, so did I. <laughs> and Little Rock ended up winning outright in overtime. So yeah. maybe take it with a, a half note of caution. But sure, I, I think the size issue is is really immense for Yale. And then uh, I don't think Yale really puts Edie in enough ball screens. It's not 
really their MO offensively. Uh, and, and Purdue has the defensive concerns. But I don't think it catches up with them until the round of 32. I think they're fine for this one. Only concern for Purdue, uh, Yale's guards are athletic. They, they can pressure a little bit, and Purdue's had some issues taking care of the basketball recently, uh, which is surprising. I don't get why this roster has issues to take care of the ball, but they have materialized, and Trayvon Williams is always a little bit erratic with his decision-making too. So Purdue could gift Yale opportunities. I just don't see it. I think they go inside on repeat and, and smash them right in the mouth. All right, we continue to cruise along here. Villanova, Delaware, the Dylan Painter Bowl, baby. Kai, oh, does the former Villanova recruit, top or top 100 recruit, Villanova defector get revenge? Against the Wildcats or the Wildcats smash? I think they smash, right? This is another one of those games where I'm having trouble with uh, in terms of a side. I'm really confident on a lot of these, but this is this one I can't really figure out, Jim. You got Delaware is a very, very experienced team. I think they're well coached in Inglesby. I just don't think they have the juice to take on Villanova. I mean, Painter couldn't even get on the floor for this team. I know it was a couple of years ago he's gotten better, but it says something, the talent discrepancy here. And Jair Davis, despite how good he is, I think Jermaine Samuels or Slater is a perfect matchup for him. He's going to have an issue scoring. Yep. Uh, I, we talked a little, too, on our show, uh, our <laughs> three-man weave pod, about how Delaware's defense was improved. Guys, I dug a little deeper it wasn't improved. Their ah. opponents shot 19% hmm. from three in the CAA tournament. Four for 23, four for 23, and then I think four for 19 or something. Nice. Like That's why they succeeded. I, I think that is not going to repeat against Villanova, who just is coming off a poor shooting performance at Madison Square Garden. I think they're better in this one. Uh, I'm leaning towards Villanova, and I think their defense really frustrates Delaware, and, and, and the Blue Hens struggle to score in the half court. So lean to Nova, lean to the under. Yeah, we just need Noah to erase some of those scoring walls we've seen them go in. I think they've been in position to put games away recently. They just haven't done it. Jim, I love your point on the Delaware defense. I was about to cite that, but thank you for debunking that with some actual data and evidence. That's why we were a great team at this organization. Yeah, yeah. Um, nothing profound for me here. Just want to clarify that. Kai, next game, USC, Miami. The Canes versus the fighting Andy Enfields. I've been backing Mr. Enfield from a futures perspective, as I talked about earlier. I'm also backing him in this game. I think this spread's very short. Yep. Uh, a couple of interesting matchup wrinkles here. Your thoughts? A USC minus one and a half will be one of my best bets on Friday. And I've said it multiple times. I don't like USC. Okay, I don't like them. But I think they're, they're a huge matchup uh, advantage against Miami. The size that it's obviously is huge. Big guards too, man. Drew Peterson's a killer. And USC's backcourt has plenty of defensive options uh, to, to stop the Miami guards. Also, Jim, Miami's not really a willing shooting team. They, they tend to want to score inside at the rim. Yes. You cannot do that against USC. It's not possible. Mobley's a problem. Miami also has the worst defense in the Laranega era this season. USC is not a giant uh, on offense this year, but Miami has no resistance. So I think USC minus one and a half is a great bet. I do too. And it's weird that we're all on the infield side because that's yep. definitely not a tradition in our particular organization, but USC could out rebound them like 45 to 28. Uh, I think that the gap in the big men and in the paint is much larger than the gap in the guards. And Kai, I think what you're saying about how Miami likes to get to the rim to score with their guards more than they like to actually hang around outside and shoot. That's a problem because Mobley can protect the rim. Chavez Goodwin's a solid interior defender. Uh, I just don't like the matchup for Miami. I think they benefited from running through a bad ACC. They got a lot of wins in the ACC, a couple of big road wins. USC, while they were in the Pac-12 and it has a little bit of fraud to them, uh, they're better than Miami. So I'm with you, Trojans. Yep. Yeah, Jim, on the opposite 
you talk about why Miami might be overrated. I think USC is underrated because of the injuries they had and a brutal COVID condensed schedule that sort of took them out of the national spotlight. They had some questionable losses in the Pac-12, and I think we wrote them off. But I'm with you. I think the week off is just what the doctor ordered for this team. Andy covers, make it eight and one, baby. Keep the streak rolling for us. Yeah, USC's won, what is it, uh, nine straight games or eight straight games against teams that aren't UCLA or Arizona, aka like the cream Jeez. of the crop. Miami, Florida isn't quite that good. So, all right, next on the outline, Alabama versus insert winner here. I mean, I think we can pretty much uh, let's, let's, I guess, holster the potential matchup talk. The first four uh, planned winner here, which will be. I'm blanking on who this matchup Rutgers, is. I'm sorry. Rutgers, Notre Rutgers, Dame. Notre Dame. Um, I, I, I like Rutgers, like Jim. Rutgers, Go. yep. I think the physicality causes a lot of problems for Notre Dame. Uh, but, Kai, I think I like the under even more. I said it with Indiana, Wyoming. Uh, I, I think Notre Dame is very compact defensively, and they will throw out some zone looks to kind of preserve their depth. And Rutgers is bad against zones. They're a poor shooting team unless Ron Harper is, like, really on fire. Uh, and then Rutgers defensively is is physical enough to slow down and bother Notre Dame. So under is yep. definitely what I prefer there. Uh, and I think either team, whoever wins, is going to give Alabama some problems. Yep. Defense beats offense. Uh, I would say most of the time in, in tournament settings, especially in NCAA tournament, Rutgers, um, when you think Notre Dame, you think soft, frankly. And, and Rutgers is anything but that. So I think they have an advantage here, Jim. Blake Wesley? Who guards him for Rutgers? I'm Caleb McConnell, perhaps. I think there's some yeah. McConnell's a very good defender. Oh, McConnell Definitely McConnell. Yeah. Swallow him up. Yeah. He's like seven times top ten for national defensive player of the year. Yeah. Let's let's McConnell's be honest. Terrific. Neither one of these teams deserves to be here. Um, but I would say Rutgers <laughs> deserves to be here more than Notre Dame. Um, I will take Rutgers, and I will take Rutgers against Alabama in the next round. I'm taking Bama. I think everyone's written Bama off, and I'm still sticking with NATO. It's Jim. Sorry, I basically swiped your old girlfriend. I'm now dating your ex in uh, in Alabama. There, so okay. I know she's, she's damaged goods, but yeah, I like she's her. she's gained weight and is not taking care of herself. I don't know. It's enjoy. <laughs> I'm there. I know. I'm staying with her. I'm loyal. All right. Next game up: Texas, Virginia Tech. Kai, the long the battle of the burnt orange. By the way, do you know that Virginia Tech also has burnt orange? That's the exact shade in their really? uh, color scheme. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, like Texas really publicizes it, but Virginia Tech is also a burnt orange. Fun facts for no and tell. I like Mike Young in this matchup. I know Chris Beard has been dominant in the tournament. Um, I worry that I overlook some of the things this team does well because of how poorly they look on offense sometimes. They don't really turn it over. Um, they generally make free throws. But again, the way Vatek's playing right now, I think they've turned a switch. Jim talked about the bench improvement. I love Vatek. That's where I'm at. Go Hokies. Yeah, I like Vatek too. Plus one. I don't trust Texas. Never been cohesive the entire season. I still don't think they haven't figured out. I love Chris Beard, man, but Mike Young is just as good with the X's and O's on the sideline. Um, Vatek can shoot. It's been a theme throughout the games you talked about. Vermont, South Dakota State, Longwood. Teams that can shoot are teams I want to bet on in the tournament, man, because nothing spells variance like three-point shooting. And they're hot right now. I was just won the AC tournament. They're going to be a popular pick. Uh, to win this game, but I don't care. Virginia Tech for me, Jim, plus one. Yep, I'm I'm with that. I, I get the the popularity narrative, and, and there's a few where I I feel like I'm I'm siding with the popular team, and I'm okay with that. So I, yeah. I got to trust what I believe. I don't I don't need to be swayed by public opinion or whatever. Damn right. uh, and I believe that Texas is a broken team that has some serious issues. Chris Beard had the quote recently talking about how like his players think they have all the answers. It's like, well, Chris, it doesn't seem like you have the answers this year. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm concerned about just every part of the team right now, other than their, their defense, the offense is just 
it hasn't been sharp. Uh, and Virginia Tech seems to be firing on all cylinders. So yeah, Matt, give me the give me the Hokies. I just want to go back to that prior game real quick. I saw some good commentary. My guy, Mitchie Harrison, talking about how that winner of the playing game will have a brutal travel spot to go play Bama. So huge edge for Bama, I think, in that uh, that round of 64 game. The true first round, Kai. We don't like giving the first four first round credence. First four is not the first round. It's not the first round. It's first four. Never I guess they did be. change it. They, they did have it for like two years, right? And they officially good. They should have. Yeah. Um, a fascinating matchup here. This next one, Illinois versus Chattanooga. One of the two parts of the quadrant of doom, as I'm calling it. Um, man, I just feel bad for Nuga, Jim. Brutal draw against Illinois, a team I think still somewhat undervalued. We'll talk about the Houston matchup here in a second. What are you looking at? Yeah, just going through the matchup for, for our little site breakdowns, I, I, everybody runs pick and roll against Illinois. Like they, they face the most pick and roll in the entire country because people want to get Kofi moving. They want to get him away from the rim. Look at what Loyola did to them in the round of 32 last year. Chattanooga runs no pick and roll. They are not a ball screen team at all. It's a lot of off ball motion. Uh, it's a lot of post ups through DeSousa and Ieni, and good luck with that against Coburn. Uh, very like Wisconsin influence, right, Jim? Like the, yep, the yep. very much Lamont the Paris guard. Over. Yep. It's not quite swing. Like they're not really running a ton of swing, but it's a lot of off ball action. Uh, and I, I just think that's a bad matchup. Uh, that said, I have a hard time seeing them getting like blown out here unless Illinois yep. is really hot from deep. <clears throat> but I, I, I am so torn. This is one of my least confident games on the entire board. Yeah, I, I'm taking Chattanooga plus seven and a half. Um, I think they do keep this pretty close. The possession t- count will be low. I'm hoping Lamont Paris, Jim, realizes that, hey, I have Malachi Smith, the SOCOM player of the year. I have David Jean-Baptiste, uh, an all-conference guy. They can both handle the ball and create their own shot. I hope he says, let's get Kofi in some ball screens. I, I tend to think he will. Coaches aren't all robots. Maybe Paris will, will yeah, make that so. shift. I'm worried about Plummer and Frazier. <laughs> they're, they're killers, man. I mean, they hit shots. That's a tough team to bet against. I don't think either team wanted to see this particular matchup because I think Chattanooga and Matt can beat Illinois because they can match up at least somewhat in, in terms of mid-majors with Kofi Coburn. D'Souza is going to put up some sort of fight. Now, Coburn's going to win the battle. We're, we're not arguing that at all, but at least just, there's some resistance. And the guards, Chattanooga, in my opinion, they go toe-to-toe or almost toe-to-toe with Illinois. Maybe Curbelo turns the ball over 10 or so times, takes Illinois out of the game a little bit. I'm taking Chattanooga with the points. So I'm taking Illinois first half minus four is my best bet, partially because I just like how the value sits nicely there at an even number at four. I don't want to bet seven and a half full game. Also, I think you see more Curbelo second half, and I'm trying to get away from that exposure, so to speak. Um, I think Illinois matches up well with Chattanooga. I think Trent Frazier locks up Malachi Smith. Trent Frazier has like the chip on the shoulder, locked down defender. Kofi's just too much up front. I know Nuga's got some legit size, but it's not Kofi size. Um, a key thing here, will Grandison be back? I think he matters quite a bit. Uh, I believe he listed day to day. I'm banking on him playing. I'll like my play a little bit less if he's not in there. But they need like one more wing shooter. That's sort of where the Illinois team's a little bit soft if you have to find a nitpick. Can I do one thing on Frazier real quick? Because absolutely can. Now he's getting all his attention as one of the best slept on players in the country. Uh, such a great play. And I agree with this, but I forgot which game it was recently. Late in the game, he made so many dumb mistakes in a he, huge game in the Big Ten. The one against Indiana, Indiana where he threw Indiana was bad. people in the front row. Was bad. Yeah. I was like, this is the Trent Frazier that's supposed to be the clutch player, senior leader guy that leads them. Like, that's kind of a concern, man. If he's still making those kind of bonehead decisions, I don't know, man. I, I think it's possible you could lock up against a guy like Malachi Smith. 
Just saying. Mm. Two cents. Okay, fair. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a viable point. I'm not believing it, but it's a viable okay. point. Okay. Um, let's hit this one in three seconds. Cal State Fullerton, Duke. Um, and please feel free to push back against my Duke bias here. If there's legitimate reasons to back Cal State Fullerton, I cannot find one, Jim. Please be the devil's advocate that we need. Uh, they were impressive, I guess. They hit a bunch of shots in the Big West title game, but they still kind of let Long Beach back into it after getting up eight with five minutes left. Uh, yeah, I think they get crushed. I think this is like the the perfect game for Duke where there's not as much pressure because it shouldn't be a close game. Uh, if they if they tighten up late because it's close, then there's a problem. But I think they get ahead early. They get ahead often. We, we mentioned it, Kai. Anasiki is their best player, and he couldn't get off the bench for Tennessee. He, he's... I- probably drawing dead against Theo, uh, Theo John and Mark Williams inside. So yeah, yeah I, I think Duke big. I'm, I'm, I'm like scrambling to pull up these notes that I had. Perfect. Okay, guys, I looked up Anna CK's O ratings against tier a competitions for the last five seasons. Are you ready? I'm reading this from this year, going back 95, 95.8, 86.6, 94.5, 92.7, 62.2. Anna not CK great. is not, not good great. against power competition. He smashed the big West. He is not going to do it against Duke. Duke rolls in this game. Absolute domination, talent, et cetera. There's no CJ McCollum walking through this door, Matthew. Duke's got it. Yeah, not only did Duke get the Homer committee seating with the two seed, which may or may not have been deserved relative to Tennessee, uh, they also got the overseated 15 seed that has to fly cross country to their backyard. So, I mean, you can kind of add up a little bit nuggets of edge for Duke on top of the matchup stuff. I think they smash. So, Duke Freight Train, next game. Should be a lot more competitive. LSU, Iowa State. This is in the quadrant of ease, soft, cupcakes. Probably the softest little foursome in the bracket. If you're looking to bet a a future, this is where you want to probably dig into. Kai, Iowa State's offense has looked future lately, but LSU is not a basketball coach. I like the Cyclones. I like Cyclones as well, man. It's a a big fate of LSU's coaching situation. Like you said, Nickelberry, you know, I'm sure he's a fine coach, but he's not ready for this game, in my opinion. Um, Iowa State can defend. LSU can as well. I like the under a lot in this game, 127 and a half. I like Iowa State plus four. It's going to be ugly. They're going to keep it close. Uh, I'm actually probably waiting on LSU, guys. I know that's that's crazy, but I think Ooh, there's a little maybe overreaction to the coach. What, what was Will Wade doing that Kevin Nickelberry can't? Like, was he drawing up yeah. really detailed sets? Like, I'm not... Or is it going to like change everything? Right. He's not going to like change things dramatically. It's like, go out and do what we do and play. This happened two years ago where everybody got uh, against LSU because Will Wade was out for the tournament and they made the sweet 16. They were fine. Uh, I I also am with Kai. I like the under, but I'm not locking it as a best bet because it's already up three points and I think it's going to keep climbing. So I'm going to wait, not give that out as a best bet and hope that it gets up to like 129 or something, but I have it circled and probably, uh, or I will be on it. Just kind of waiting, hoping for a better number. Uh, sorry, laughing at chatter. Um, nothing else to add for me. I just think Iowa State's the better team here. Um, next game, Arizona versus the playing winner of, again, why don't the bracket up in front of me? My screen's Bryant, loading slowly Wright here. Bryant Wright State, a fascinating 16 matchup, Jim. Um, the over has been bet up three points, I think, for good reason. I know you broke this game down. What are you looking at? Yep, I took the over 151 and a half. Right. As soon as I saw the, the matchup, it's up to 155. Can't fully recommend it there. Uh, I think the matchup sets up really well for Bryant. They zone. Wright State is poor against zones, like 18th percentile nationally. 
And Brian's whole offense is get downhill, dribble drive, win one-on-one matchups. And Wright State stinks against dribble penetration. So I think it's a shootout because I do think Wright State beats the zone down the floor a few times, dominates the offensive glass. Uh, But I'm leaning towards Bryant. And here's what I want, Kai. I want Bryant to win because I think Arizona beats them by 40 to 50. I think they murder Bryant. So do I. I think Bryant beats Wright State. Uh, It's going to be really – I'm taking the over. I don't care what the total is, man. Name it. It's going to be in 90. It's going to be 90 to 80 or something like that. It's going to be such a high scoring game. So I'll, I, I'm going with Brian here. Wright State in a playing game is hilarious. Preseason horizon favorite. I mean, this is just unfathomable to me, but they deserve it. The resume is there. They're what fourth in the horizon. Get out of here. Um, Brian is my lean net. Yeah. I think the return of Hall Elias uh, is pretty huge. Eight blocks, yeah. eight blocks. He had Wagner. Like six in the first half when they got up 38 to six. It was just they couldn't score inside. Like, I'm worried about Basili just feasting on the offensive boards, especially when Bryant goes zone. But man, I mean, Elias is awesome. I mean, he just completely changes that defense and he missed a good chunk of the conference season for the Bulldogs. Uh, let's keep cruising. UAB Houston. Man, another tough draw for what seems like a very popular Cinderella pick in the Blazers, Kai. Will you be blazing up with Andy Kennedy in this first round duel with Kelvin Sampson and the Cougs? Yes, but only because the spread is just a little bit too high uh, at eight and a half. Yeah, can't do it. Either. I don't think UAB can beat Houston. I think it's a really tough draw for UAB. They needed somebody different, so to speak. Houston's <laughs> not going to, Houston's not going to let them score in the middle. It's just not happening. So it's a lot of jelly Walker. Can Jelly Walker score 30 points and make a ton of shots? Absolutely. Kind of hope he does it because that'd be great fireworks. But I think it's Houston's game, and I'll be teetering on eight and a half for a while. Yeah, I'm hoping it comes down a little further, Kai, because I, I saw an opener or two that were higher than this, and it got bent, that bet down a hair towards UAB. I'm, I'm I'm hoping to get eight or seven and a half if I'm lucky. Uh, I think Jelly Walker can launch, but Houston has big guards. Like Tajay Moore is long. That, that's going to be a difficult matchup for him. Uh, even you can throw Kyler Edwards and Jamal Shedd, and even Ramon Walker, the freshman, has been uh, really impressive to me just in the way he like makes hustle plays, gets offensive boards. I think he'll be a scrappy defender for Jelly. Uh, so rotating guys on him, he can only hit so many 30-footers, uh, and Houston will eat on the offensive glass. So, I'm yeah, I'm leaning Cougars. As much as I wanted to be a UAB guy this tournament, uh, it's, it's probably Cougars for me. I typically bet my numbers more diligently in the tournament. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a slave to my numbers. I'm tethered to them. Kai, I have to bet them. I think it's too high, but the matchup concerns are very real. So I did not take, uh, did not take the Blazers. I think the referees have a big factor. They play a big role in this game. Similar to the IU-Wyoming matchup, I think the whistle will be a big determinant. It should be a physical one. UAB has more quad one wins than Houston. There's a stat, another one from, from Vison. Yeah, which, yeah, I think works against their favor. All right, next game, Davidson-Michigan State. I was on Sparty, and I looked at myself in the mirror, and I said, Matt, you can't legitimately make a viable case. Jim and Kai have properly shoved me in the corner and have convinced me to ride with the Silver Fox, Mr. Bob McKillop. Tyson Walker is very much um, up in the air for this one, who was awesome down the stretch for Sparty, Kai. But A.J. Hogar was awesome without him. Um, that's kind of a key injury point guard personnel situation there for, for Michigan state. What do you think? Davidson plus one best bet folks lock it in. They're winning this game. No Tyson Walker slash hobble. Tyson Walker is just bad news. Michigan state's offense is not good enough to consistently pound Davidson who creates for this team. If Walker's out, is it Hogard? Okay. Hogard cannot shoot. 
So back off Hogard, let him shoot. Hauser, Brown, catch and shoot guys. Brown's not creating off the bounce. Brown, Hauser, and Christie, all of them, and Hauser 100%, 95% and above assisted threes. None of them can shoot off the bounce. It's all catch and shoot. Now, Davis is not the best off a defensive team. I'm not too worried about Michigan State exploiting too bad. On the other end, Jim, Davidson offense should score at will. Brakovich can bring Bingham away from the rim, play five out. He can punish other posts when Bingham's out of the game. I think um, Hung Jung Lee is a matchup issue. Boyer's not a Big Ten guard, but he's something, I suppose, of a point guard. And Jim, Tom Izzo's lost in the first round like six times. So is McKillop, but he's been seated 13 and below. I like Davidson here a lot. Yep, I love Davidson too. This Michigan State team just doesn't have it. Uh, that they have a high three point percentage, but Kai, I love, I love how you're discussing it. They don't create great shots unless their point guards do it for them, and they're both a little bit banged up. Davidson will have a pretty solid plan defensively. Now, Izzo, I, I think the motion he could disrupt that some with their physicality, but Davidson just has shooters everywhere, like really yeah. good shooters, not just guys that you know will put up a couple. Lee and Jones, if you're not near them, they can make eight threes in a game. Uh, it's it, they're that deadly. Um, so yeah, I like Davidson quite a bit. I, the Foster Lawyer revenge game is whatever. That's fine. Uh, I, I don't really buy that narrative, uh, but I just think this Davidson team is better than Michigan State right now. Yeah, and Davidson I think is better defensively too than people. Um, I, I think people maybe seeing like a very generic Davidson team that can't guard their shadows, but it, it's it's much improved on that end. And Michigan State's offense uh, heavily relying on second chance points, heavily relying on transition. I think Davidson's smart enough to. Um, to take away both. So, yeah, I don't know why I was so married to my Sparty initial lean, but I've officially done a 180, as I have a few times with these. I assume your number was telling you to bet Sparty. It was. It was. I think it's a little bit, I think Sparty should be favored. Anyway, next game, Kai. They are favored. Wisconsin. Matthew. Or sorry, they should be favored by more, I should say. Okay. Um, Wisconsin Colgate. My Raiders. There's been no bigger supporter of this program in the insulate tournament than myself. They have really burned me last year against Arkansas. Thanks to Jeff Woodard's little man taunt of, uh, was that Devo Davis, whoever the hell that was. Anyway, I love this matchup for Colgate Kai. I think they are a deep, deep dark horse out of 14 seed because of the draw and because of the way they can shoot it. Um, are you not buying into that? Sounds like you're not. Uh, I might take Colgate plus seven and a half. Um, the shooting is a big reason I have to stay consistent here. Um, they can keep it close, but I, I, again, don't be shocked if Wisconsin makes a run here, man. I really buy into this experience. They're going to have the best player on the floor in Johnny Davis. Uh, and if you stop Nelly Cummings for Colgate, I think that's, that's cutting the head off the snake. And I think Wisconsin can do that. Um, so I'm leaning towards Wisconsin. It's going to be a low possession game. There could be a lot of variance, especially with Colgate shooting. Um, but yeah, I'll probably take Colgate on the, on the, on the number, Jim. Yeah. I think the numbers ideal for Colgate the matchup's great, uh, because they're not going to get out athleted. I, I, Johnny Davis is a major concern uh, and he'll be healthier than when he threw up a three for 19 stinker in the big 10 tournament. Uh, but I, I think Colgate's shot making the fact that they're not going to get pressured or, or super worn down on the offensive glass is a great matchup for them. Uh, Matt, you mentioned earlier in the show, location specific angles. Uh, this is a night game in Milwaukee. There are going to be some drunk oh, Wisconsin yeah. fans oh, yeah. here, uh, but Everybody else is going to be cheering for Colgate, like the Purdue fans, the obviously the Colgate fans, all the other teams that are set up in Milwaukee, Virginia Tech, Texas, Marquette, they, Marquette fans, if they're there, who knows? Yep. Anybody else that sticks around, I think we'll at least neutralize that somewhat. Uh, I'm downplaying that home court advantage angle in this particular game, uh, leaning towards Colgate. 
Yeah, the thing with Colgate is I look toward a potential second-round matchup if they do get by Wisconsin. I know I talked about how they're a good Sweet 16 value pick for some pools. I worry about their pressure, or about how they would stand up against pressure uh, to LSU and Iowa State. They couldn't handle Navy's press in the second half of that, or that Patriot title game. Um, don't think that'll translate too well when you see Iowa State and LSU caliber pressure. All right, we got one last game to hit here on the Friday rundown. Seton Hall, TCU. Get your boxing gloves on, Mr. McCann. It will be ugly. I like the Horned Frogs, plain and simple. Um, in the battle of grown men, where do you lean here? Yeah, I'm trying. I, I actually didn't write down the line in this game. Pardon uh, me, guys. Hall minus one, total it's one. It's right around pick. Yep. I like TCU at pick. Um, I, I don't love the matchup because Seton Hall was basically praying for a team that doesn't really hurt them from the outside, that tries to bully and get people to the rim. That's what TCU does. Seton Hall is probably like, good, we can defend that. Uh, without Bryce Aiken, I think Seton Hall is a real issue scoring. Um, TCU really defends. They scrap on the boards. Jim, I think TCU has a big offensive rebounding edge. We, we love, or excuse me, we talked about how Seton Hall loves to go for block shots, leave that weak side open for offensive rebounds. Love TCU's length across the board. I'm going with my horny frogs. Yeah, the interior defense for Seton Hall is incredible, especially when Obiagu's on the floor. Their two-point percentage defense is outrageous. But the offensive rebounds will be there for TCU. So I'm leaning towards the Horned Frogs. But I haven't given it out yet. I'm sure people are wondering where it is. It's the under. It's the under. The Friday under the day. Seton Hall, TCU. I think it's a war inside. Not a ton of efficient jump shooting on the court here. And since Aiken got hurt, 12 of Seton Hall's 15 games have gone under. They've become the defensive identity that we anticipated in the preseason. uh, And I buy that again here. So, yeah, under 130, Matt. That's my final best bet of the opening round. Love the under. Uh, I think I lean TCU. Um, Again, Mike Miles is the difference there. Both teams are basically football teams. The difference is that TCU has a dynamic guard that can make shots, and Seton Hall basically doesn't because Bryce Aiken is – um, MIA at the moment. All right, quick recap of best bets here, gents. I'll go to Kai to start us off. Mr. Mustache. Toretto takes. Yes, the my two for Friday, Matthew, were Davidson plus one and USC fight on the fighting Trojans minus one and a half. Beautiful. Mine were Loyola <laughs> Chicago Pickham against Ohio State and the Seton Hall TCU under 130. That's what I'm riding with, Matthew. Illinois, first half, minus four, because second halves don't matter. And I trust Kofi and the boys to put it on Chattanooga. I'm still pissed they still went away from my guy, Bob Ritchie and Furman. But that's neither here nor there. Gents, that concludes our Friday segment here. Um, Schedule update for rest of week. Jim, you have this down. Pat, don't you? I'm going to throw it to you here on the spot here. Sorry, I don't have the notes yep, in front gotcha. of you. Uh, the, Thank you. These will, these will re-air as separate shows Thursday and Friday on Thursday morning and Friday morning. And then we will be back live at the normal time on Saturday and Sunday, 11.15 a.m. Eastern, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed after a couple of nights in Vegas. Don't you worry, folks. We'll be ready oh to rock. Um, so that is something to look forward to. Make sure you hit the like button on the way out almost a hundred likes. Let's get up there. That'd be wonderful. Uh, but yeah, we will see you live again on Saturday and Sunday. Enjoy Thursday and Friday. It's going to be a wonderful couple days.